Awesome stuff, huh? That is the church. That is what the church should look like. All ages, all ethnicities, just intermingled, trying to find out and understand who Jesus is. And that's it. I mean, there's 150 students, kids here on a Wednesday night. That's what, one quarter of the students in LaGrange, something like that? I mean, that's, that's an amazing amount. And they're all getting to hear the truth that Jesus loves them and cares deeply about them. And they're uniquely and wonderfully made. No matter their shape, no matter their size, no matter their background, no matter their past, their parents' past, God loves them and cares for them, each one in a wonderful way. This morning, I have an hour and a half with you guys, and I'm excited about that. No, I'm just kidding. Just a few minutes. And I want us to, we're finishing up a series called Moving Past Your Past. And so I just want to just capture you for just a moment and to think about as we look at the future. So many times we talk about students and young people being the future, and I like to say, yes, they are the future, but they're also the present. That if we don't focus on the young and the present, then we do not have a future. And so for us here at Second Baptist, one of our passions, one of the things that we're going to be striving to do is to constantly be serving and teaching and loving on young people. Because here's what I know is that mom and dad and grandma and grandpa will put up with a lot of crazy music, with a lot of atikitas and all of that if it means my son or daughter, grandson or granddaughter gets to know Jesus. And so we're going to stick to the Bible but we're going to love passionately and figure out what that looks like and how we can do it. Because listen, if you're past the age of two, you've all done something. We've all done something we're not proud of, right? Okay, even the two-year-olds are starting to figure this out, that they are not perfect. So we've done something in the past we promised we wouldn't do. We've made a mistake, and we continually repeat it over and over and over again. We have regrets. We have shame. We've made some bad decisions, and those bad decisions at about five or six start to catch up with you. And there they are following you along. And then you get to this place where you're 10, 11, 12 years old, and you start making decisions, and then all of a sudden you have a fear of someone finding out. Most of this time it's your parents or your teachers, but as we grow older we continue to make decisions and we hope no one finds those out because then they get to know who the real us is. We begin to understand and begin to think about this idea that we never measure up and that we're failures. So what I want you to hear this morning is everyone in here that has a relationship with Jesus Christ can move past your past, and your past is not your failure. Your past bad decisions, your past failures do not define you. Those are events, not who you are. Psalm chapter 38, verse 4 says it this way, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. If you've ever messed up, you have guilt, and that guilt is something that moves you forward in your faith with Jesus Christ. Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. One of the things we like to say around here is there is no perfect people. Oh my goodness, we've forgotten. All right? No perfect people. All right, look around at the person next to you and say, you are definitely not perfect. All right, so you're allowed. You're allowed. That's good. First thing I want you to get this morning, your biggest sin 
Your biggest mistake, your biggest whatever, is not too big for God's grace. God's grace covers over that. Your biggest mistake, this idea of sin is that there's a target over here and I'm pulled back the bow and I'm aiming for it and somehow or another I'm never able to hit center and perfect. So anytime I don't hit the bullseye on the target with my life and the decision and it's off-centered, it's off-target, that's a sin. We've all missed the target and God's saying, listen, every time you make a mistake, I'm able to pull it out and put it right there where it needs to be. My grace covers over. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, some of these kids probably know this verse. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God forgives you. You should forgive yourself. Let it go. Listen, if I didn't let stuff go, I would be known as a thief. Seriously, you're looking at me and I'm, I'm a thief. I know. I look like one. When I was four years old, I went with my cousins to the convenience store. And I was four years old. I was a four-year-old boy. I was roaming around, and my parents were around. My cousins were, you know, 10 or 11, 12, whatever, a little bit older, and we're in the convenience store, and I saw this little ratchet thing, and it kind of moved, spun around, and it had all kinds of little glittery toys. and had, you know, the bouncy balls and all this different stuff that every kid desires and wants. And so I went up there, and I was like, whoa, what do I want? What do I want to get? And I had money to buy something, and so I was, you know, thinking about it, and here the, there's this packet of money of dollar bills, $100 bills, and I was like, man, this looks good. But then I thought to myself, hey, I, I don't have to necessarily, no one's watching me. My cousins have no idea. They're distracted over there. So I took that and I just kind of, I walked out of the store with my cousins with my money. And my paying money was still in my pocket. And I got home and I was there and I was playing with my toy money and I was having a good time and my parents were like, hey, where'd you get that at? And I was like, at the store. And I was like, who bought that? And I was like, I don't know. And so they asked my cousins, and I knew, you know, I knew I didn't buy it. And so they asked my cousins, and they're like, we didn't even know we had it. I was a thief. I had to go back to the store, look at the owner of the convenience store, and apologize for stealing, and to pay money for the toy money. That kind of sounds silly. You know, the rest of my life, I could have called myself and lived in that moment and said, hey, I was a thief. My parents, every time they would have, could have seen me, they could have said, hey, listen, you're a thief. You're stealing. Every time I would have gone into the convenience store, hey, there's that, that thief kid. There's that kid when he was four years old. He walked out with stuff. And how we buy into those lies just like that. We've made a mistake in the past. And we've been forgiven. We've gone to the one that we've offended and said, hey, God, I've, I've offended you. I'm sorry. I need to move past us. And he's forgiven. But we have a tendency to hold on to it those mistakes that are in the past. God has forgiven you. Forgive yourself and move on. Jeremiah 31, 34. For I will forgive their wickedness. I will remember their sins. I will remember their mistakes. I will remember the times that they don't hit the target no more. Even last night, we were, we've, I've been watching a series called The 80s. It's a CNN series, and it talks about different things that happened during the 80s. And one of the shows last night had to do with technology and how radically things changed with Steve's jobs and Bill Gates and it's kind of hard to even remember back to that time whenever computers were getting invented and personal computers and internet and all that y'all remember that 
and you could finally get on and talk to people and all those, you remember all those weird noises and stuff and now like the phones that used to have that were like bricks that you would pick up and you're like, hello, and it was like a mobile phone but you could kill people with it too. I was kind of thinking through what was some of the technology that we had before all that and I was like, oh, hey, hey, I had an Etch-A-Sketch. Y'all remember those things? That was like our computer growing up. And so when you got mad with your stuff, you could just shake it and it would, mistakes would all disappear. It was kind of a cool thing. And I was asking the kids about it and they were like, I've never seen an Etch-A-Sketch. So I used new technology and went online and Googled it. And up came an Etch-A-Sketch. And they're like, oh, yeah, I've seen one of those in the antique shops. I was like, that's nice, nice. I was like, it took real skill to work an Etch-A-Sketch, kid. Here's a Taj Mahal and Etch-A-Sketch. You can't even make a block out of that. Etch-A-Sketch is like our life. Easily we make mistakes. Sometimes in frustration we shake it. But listen, God says, listen, clean slate. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make bad choices. You're going to miss the mark. I'm going to scratch it. Let's start over and begin anew. Each day is a new day. You're not what you have done. You are who God says you are. The deceiver tries to get you to personalize every single failure that you've made. As adults, you're sitting in here, and I talk about failure and mistakes you've made, and immediately the Rolodex begins going through. This is this, this is this, this is this. And in those moments of weakness, those moments of loneliness, those moments of depression, you begin to go through that Rolodex and it begins to define you. You begin to the slow cycle down. You begin to think, I'm bad, I'm unlovable, I'm used goods, I'm a failure, I'm unworthy. You're not what you did, you are who God says you are. Second Corinthians 5.17, a verse we've looked at several times over the last few weeks, says this way, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. You're not what you have done. You are who God says you are. The old life is gone. You're a new creation. You are literally melted down and brought back to new life. Failure is an event, not a person. Just because you fail doesn't mean you're a failure. Last thing I want you to grasp is you can't change your past, but Christ can change your future. As a matter of fact, whenever Christ talks about salvation, it's a present future event. In other words, whenever you say yes to Jesus in that moment, in that present, your present changes, your, who you are, your, your inheritance, your last name, your definition, your insides, everything changes. So your present changes, but also your future is a present future event. It's one of those things that only happens in the Greek language that they understood that in that moment that your present changes, you are now glorified, you're perfected, you're made complete, and you're mature, but also it's an ongoing process because there's going to be a moment when life ends that there is full perfection, that we're understanding what it means to know Jesus, we're understanding what it means that my past is in the past, we're understanding what it means to be a child of God, we're understanding what it means to have a new inheritance and a new last name, and that I don't have to go after junk anymore because now I have new life, that the clothes and the stuff that I used to settle for, those don't belong to me anymore because I have a new father and a new last name. And presently that's changed, but we're continually figuring that out because sometimes we forget and we realize that we think that we're still a failure, so we go back here to try to go to the past. And God says, listen, you are not your past. I've redeemed your past. You have a new present future. 
you're not your past, but you can have a new future in Christ. The deceiver continually tries to remind us of our past and keep us from what we need. Because listen, all these adults in here, you know what the number one thing that they probably believed before they started working with these kids? Those kids don't need me. I don't understand those kids. I don't have anything to offer. If those kids truly knew me, listen, those kids do not give a rip. All they want you to do is be here at Wednesday at 5.30 with your arms open and a smile on your face and saying, hey, I'm here. They don't care about your past. They care about your present future. Take a chance in your present future and begin to fulfill what God has for you. Because listen, I love hearing the stories of those, some of you that are past your 40s, that you're saying, I never thought I would work with kids again. And you come back and say, I cannot imagine if I had not have worked in Awanas. And I took a chance. I didn't have to change diapers, and it was good. It was good. Christ wants to give you a new future. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 24:16. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again and again and again. Moses murdered a man. David committed adultery. Peter denied Christ. Chris stole money. All of us have a past. All of us have made mistakes. In Christ, your past is redeemed. You have a new present future in Him. Your past is forgiven. Your present is empowered. And your future is perfect. For us as followers of Jesus. Listen, the present future is right here. At Second Baptist Church, we're going to throw as much people, as much money, as much time as we can possibly do into, into whatever it means to reach the young people of this area. Listen, there is nothing else going around in this area that is reaching young people like Awanas is right now. All right? In five years, it may not be. Okay? And in five years, if it's not reaching like we want to, we're going to be like, hey, what is, what is it that God wants us to be doing? But we're going to be constantly seeking opportunities to reach the young people of this county because, listen, that is our destiny. That's our legacy. That's the wake that we want behind us. That as we leave this place, the wake that we leave, I want it to be that, hey, we've had an impact upon this county in such a way that the spiritual destiny and legacy of Fayette County is drastically different than when we were here before. That's our call. That's our vision. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that because of you, we have a new present future. Father, I pray for anyone in this room that hasn't said yes to you, that has continued to live in their past and be defined by their past. Father, may you give them new hope and new future for the, through the gospel, through Jesus Christ, through what these young children have been learning is that God loves even you, even me. No matter where I've been, what I've done, it's not too big for God. It's that simple. Father, we love you. We praise you. We want to be with you, whatever you're doing, however you're about changing lives. We want to be about that here at Second. May you be brought honor, glory, and fame 
It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.